Welcome to the RuPaul's Drag Race Recap Show for Season 5, Episode 5, titled Snatch Game. My name is Joe Batanz, and I am joined, as always, by one amatory co-host. From the podcast pod is my co-pilot. Please say... This is what I came here to do. To Taylor... The latte boy. I'm going to tell you something. I know. I know. He's making a face. I was going to do. Look, look. I already had it all set up, you know, to do like. Because there, there are so many. Every, people don't know. There are so many quotes from this episode. Yes. We have this. Yeah, Jay. We also have this. Back rolls. We, <laughs> That's the one I was expecting. Yeah, exactly. I didn't want to give you what we were expecting. I had this. I'm not joking, bitch. And we I also had. That one would yeah. be one. Girl, look how orange you fucking look, girl. There you go. Lots of quotes uh, on this episode. But I'm not going to give Taylor Latte Boy. I always do a left when he thinks I'm going to go right. Anyway, uh, Taylor T. Latte Boy, how are you? I'm good. I'm good. Uh, we're actually taping this a night earlier <gasps> because my anniversary is tomorrow. That's right. It's your anniversary. We are taping this a night earlier than we usually do it because it's your anniversary tomorrow. What do you guys, you know what's so funny? I've never, you know, I've never been married except mm-hmm. to God. And um, I was a priest for like 11 years. Um, but that explains like in the younger guy. <laughs> <laughs> I should get Aiden an altar boy uniform. Would that be creepy? Oh, God. Okay. Would that be creepy? A touch. Okay. So then, um, but he would look really cute in it, though. In that, like, frock. Anyway, defrock him. And nothing else? Yeah, nothing else. Just the little, just the little short over, mm-hmm. over, over frock with just, you can see just the bottom of his balls hanging out. I, 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 because he hears this and I get reports. Not reports. He, he, I get summaries of what he heard. So I know he's going to be like, Actually, he thinks this type of stuff is funny. Anyway, <laughs> the point is, Taylor the Latte Boy, is I always have this fantasy of what anniversaries are like. So walk me through it. What will happen tomorrow on your anniversary? We're, uh, tomorrow for our anniversary, we are going to... It's going to be boring. It's our third anniversary. It's our third marriage anniversary. We have a wedding anniversary and a marriage anniversary because okay. we our wedding was in April of 17, but we secretly got married in November of 16 um because of health insurance benefits and also because we had a new president that was elected that scared the hell out of me. Yeah. So, um tomorrow we both work. We'll go to work um and then we will come home and uh, just kind of freshen up a little bit. And then we will go out to dinner. We have reservations at Ruth's Chris Steakhouse, mm-hmm. um, which is pretty good. And then tomorrow is um, also November 12th, mm-hmm. which Disney Plus starts oh, that's tomorrow. Right. It starts actually at midnight tonight. Yeah. So we've decided that we are going to come home and we are going to watch The Mandalorian. That's yeah, what, my that's brother is excited about the Mandalorian. I'm more excited about like watching Darby O'Gill and the Little People, or like um, you know, uh, Computer War Tennis Shoes. Computer War Tennis Shoes, or there was this one that I, I, what I'm thinking about is like there was this one that it had a book. I'm not sure. Okay, <laughs> thank you. There was one where like um, God, what was it with a girl? And she had like kind of a boy's name. It came out in the 80s. 
the journey. I, uh, I know I got it. The journey of Daddy Gan. Like I want to see. Okay. Well, and also, I've never seen like the Black Cauldron. That's a Disney movie. Yeah, right? Babalu I think owns the Black Cauldron, but a lot of the movies I've seen most of the animated movies Mm -hmm. uh but i know i haven't seen the black cauldron and there are ones that i haven't seen them in years but i guess now the big controversy is they are editing some of them for content that could be considered uh racially or culturally insensitive at this point but the one that they're not they're talking about dumbo and they're Mm -hmm. they're obviously not adding song of the south on there but the one that they don't seem to be talking about that i'm surprised we talked about is the song the indian song in peter pan Mm-hmm. What makes the red man red? Yeah. It's like really bad. <laughs> yeah. Well, also, I guess they, they're in, I don't know in the, in the cartoon, but in the CGI version of Lady and the Tramp that's coming out, they're not going to have like the whole, uh, what's the matter you? I'm going to smack you in the face. They're not going to have any of that. They're not going to, yeah. they're not doing the Siamese cat song. Which the is version. the only reason to watch Lady and the Tramp. Yeah. I so. know nothing else of that movie. You know, what's so fun if, apart from, um, the eating the pasta but i actually don't even know what happens outside of that moment of that movie but uh what i was gonna tell you is you know song of the south also oh, so you know i think we talked about this in the show my, you know my boyfriend and i went to disneyland recently mm-hmm. and his favorite ride was splash mountain okay yeah but he's of a certain age so he has no idea what these, to him these characters are unique to splash mountain and I was telling him about oh, – I'll tell you something else interesting. That I don't know if you know this, uh, Taylor, but I'll tell you some interesting Disneyland lore here with Splash Mountain. But um, we were talking about it, and I told him about Song of the South and how it's incredibly racist. And I, he goes, uh-huh. really? I go, yeah. What's about – like?" and it doesn't take place in the slave days. It takes place like in the post you know, right. days. I've seen it. Oh, yeah. The antebellum days or whatever. No, but what I told him, maybe you'll agree with me. I go, look, to be honest with you, the most offensive thing is how fucking boring this movie is. It's it's really boring. It's probably the reason I don't want to. Like, it's because couldn't, well, I told him, he goes, couldn't they release the little cartoons? I go, it's really just like an anthology movie where he introduces like little cartoons. I go, but they're kind, even the little cartoons are kind of racist. Well, they talk about, they use the phrase tar babies a lot in it. Which is it's a tri- racist term. I wonder how they would do it. It's tricky because it, obviously they fucked it up in, when they made Song of the South. But those cartoons were animated versions of slave stories. I wonder if they could just take those cartoons out and have like a new like Tiana introducing them. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that would be. The one thing I remember is I want to say I bit torn at it. Mm-hmm. because i wanted to see it so and I, I i got a whole i don't even remember where i would have gone to get yeah. it but it was clearly from like a copy of a yeah. copy of a copy yeah. of a vhs tape yeah and there is a scene we watched it on our on our tv so but it, it was so it's kind of weird watching it because it feels like you're watching an old vcr mm-hmm. tape but there's a scene that takes place at night where uncle remus is sitting by the fire yeah, And he kind of is sitting for a second while somebody's talking and he's smiling. But because it was this like degraded video version of it, yeah. all you could see were the whites of his eyes and his teeth. Yeah. And it was where that was the one part that I'm like, I'm so not comfortable watching this right now mm-hmm. because it was just it was it was creepy. I want to yeah. say I might I know that I talked about it on pod as my co-pilot years ago. Mm-hmm. And I want to say that a screen capture of that I used it as cover art. Oh really? Wow. Yeah, just to talk about how creepy, it, how creepy it was that it was this because he it almost made him look where he went because he was this very lovable where he loved yeah. the 
he loved the men or the, he loved the loved men. The he men. loved the, he loved the family yeah. that he continued, I guess, working for, yeah. we'll call it working for. Yeah. Um, oh. but it was, you all right? Just, ah. <laughs> <laughs> my headphones came off my head. It was a whole thing. Okay, go ahead. So, um, the family but he was working it, but, for. But he became, but he came from like where he was this lovable character mm-hmm. to where he became almost like evil. Like where he almost looked like creepy, like yeah. in the just the way he was sitting in the but I feel like it was a because it was a copy of a copy of a copy and and it was just not good. So what's funny is I now I've never been on the Splash Mountain at Disney World, right? But mm-hmm. um, you know, peppered throughout the ride, especially in that right when you come down the big drop and you go through and there's the big r- river boat and the birds singing and dancing. Is you know uh, Aiden loves birds, loves birds. So he was so happy to see all these birds. It has made him so happy, right? Oh, and I want to talk to you about something else too. That reminded me of something. It, basically, this show's becoming Disney talk with Joe and Taylor for the first <clears throat> fifty minutes. So he's telling me how much he loves the birds. And that's why he. That's why one of the reasons it was his favorite ride because he just loves seeing all the animatronic birds. Blah 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 blah. And I go, well, let me tell you a story, little boy. <laughs> Literally. I said, I say, you could literally say that to him. Yeah. And no, he's tall. Right. So, um, and um, <laughs> whatever you are getting ready to say, it's good that you stopped yourself. <laughs> Watching the wheel spin. Yeah. So anyway, um, do you know? So I said the the the, the those animatronic uh, figures, and even in Star Tours, one of them explains. Do you know the story about they repurposed them at Disneyland? First for um, Splash Mountain? No. Oh, yeah. So I'm sure they had it at Epcot, too. I don't know what the story is. It seems very Epcot-y show. But there was a show at in Tomorrowland at Disneyland called America Sings. Okay? Okay. Did you guys have America Sings? No. Okay. So America Sings... Well, it depends w- on what it is. Well, it was in the 70s. Okay? Okay. And well, it was a revolving theater. So basically what happened was they had the animatronic – the whole show was in the middle. And to get people in as much as possible, it's kind of a brilliant idea. They had several theaters. And then as the show – they would pack it in with people, start the show. And then as the next scene, the, the theater would move. And then they'd bring in more people and the theater would get out and stuff like that. Well, and it's the carousel of progress. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's probably what it, they turned it into at tomorrow. Because they didn't have this problem, which is at Disneyland and during America Sings – I guess uh, I I was way too young for when this was there. They would have a, a you know a cast member come out and go like Welcome to America Sings a celebration of blah blah, blah 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 right and then she had start the show and then she'd go on to the next show. Well, she was running late, so she decided to take a shortcut. I guess what everybody always did to get to the next theater, and the theater started turning and it crushed her to death. Okay. And they closed okay. it down immediately for like years. It was closed down until they didn't. They, I don't think it opened again until it was interventions. Okay. Okay. And um, and so they had for years. I mean, I'm talking like probably what 15 years. I don't know how long it was closed for. Those animatronic birds were just there. So they took them and they repurposed them and put them into Splash Mountain. And in fact, again, I don't remember what the Star Tours is, is at Disney World, but. When you were in, in Star Tours, when you when on the old version of it, when you used to go into the um, pods, there was a there was like a PB Herman voiced a robot who was like, "Hey, I'm just doing this thing right here with this." Blah, 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 blah. You know, that was also a repurposed, and they just took the the clothing off and just had the robot. You know, and that was a repurposed um, 
Uh, was it Paul Rubens? Yeah, Paul Rubens. Didn't you have that at Star Tours? Uh, I didn't know it was Paul Rubens. I know that in the um, the videos where they talk to you about your seatbelt and all that kind of stuff, it's Alice and Janney. Now or the, no, because the one that I in the Star Tours that we had, it was a black lady with like rolls in her head. No, it's it's a um, CGI character that's a CGI robot that's moving that talks to you about when you get in, go all the way to the end of your end of your station, and make sure your seatbelt. Oh, no we didn't have that. Oh, we have that in our Star Tours, and it's Alice and Janney. No, 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 no. We, oh, well, I, I haven't been on the new Star Tours in a long time. But what are the old Star Tours? It was Alice and Janney. Oh, no, no. We, then, we, <laughs> then we never had that. We never had that. There was like a robot that would make fun of you as you walked by. I don't think that was Paul Rubens. Paul Rubens was the one that was in the car that would be like, huh, is it your first time riding? Mine too. Remember that yeah. guy? Okay, yeah, that was the, Paul the, Rubens. That guy, I remember that. Now C-3PO is the one that... Um, yeah, yeah. Now C-3PO. Does now, anything. here's my question. So after he liked Splash Mountain, I took him into the Tiki Room. Okay. Oh, well, if he likes birds, that's the place to take him. It is. But I remembered he's a woke-ass teen, and we still have the original Tiki Room show. Oh, we have the original Tiki Room show. Too. Oh, I thought it was the one with Gilbert Gottfried. No, they they that one was in for a while, and then they brought back the they brought back the old one. Oh, they did. Oh, so all the accents, the German accent, the Irish accent, and I think it was making fun of like the the Spanish speaking one. I don't know. I gotta ask him. But he was like, he's he wasn't offended. He was like, how does Disney not get? How are they how are they getting away with it? How are people not complaining? And I go, trust I me, know. they are. <laughs> That's why we don't we we don't have the redhead anymore. It's we now it's we wants the rum and the redhead oh, is yeah, a female yeah, pirate. Yeah. Oh and, yeah, yeah. And, and they it, don't chase they don't chase the yeah, women around anymore. The women yeah. chase the men around with a broom and yeah, the, yeah, it's, yeah. the whole thing is it's so dumb. You know what we do have that you guys don't have anymore? And I don't I don't know why you guys didn't raise a ruckus over in Florida, but they did here, so they they always kept it was Mr. Toad's Wild Ride. Ah, uh, girl, I remember when they took out Mr. Toad's Wild Ride. That's where they put uh, Winnie the Pooh. Oh, Winnie the Pooh is where Bear Country Jamboree. We don't have Bear Country Jamboree anymore. You don't? No, they put Winnie the Pooh in there. Oh, okay. Yeah, no, we have a Country Bear Jamboree. A Gay Days Country Bear Jamboree is a huge thing. Apparently, at like eleven o'clock, that's when all the bears go into Country Bear Jamboree and watch. And watch in the that. morning or in the evening? In the morning. Oh, really? Yeah, no, 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 no. And oh. actually, the last time I was in line for that, who did I see walking past us? Coco Montrese. Oh. With 18 inches of pancake makeup on. <laughs> oh, my goodness. This week, Jade and Alyssa go at it. Ian Drew tells us who wore it best. The girls get ready for the Snatch Game, and Jinx premieres her little Edie character. Alyssa jokes with Coco about how orange she fucking looks, but Coco's not joking, bitch. On the main stage, Alyssa is ordered to apologize to Katy Perry, and the girls don their best, deadliest Snatch. Jinx was named the... Oh, I'm sorry. Snatch. The catch of the day is Snapper. Snapper. Jinx was named the winner of the challenge while Detox and Lanasia Sparks are placed in the bottom two. After a lip sync battle for their lives, Detox was told, Shantae, you stay, while Lanasia Sparks was asked to sashay away. Taylor Lante Boy named two things you liked about the episode and one thing you did not. Well, I will say that Jinx as Little Edie is, I think, an iconic moment in the series. So mm-hmm. that was fun to watch that. Yeah. Um, and I have I have questions for you. A lot yes. of this we were talking before. I don't have a lot of notes, but I have a lot of talking point questions okay, that I ahead. figure will be good good conversation starters. Um, I want to say that when we did 
you, Evan, and mm-hmm. I did our favorite lip syncs from the show of all time. Yeah. I want to say Detox as Cher, if she was not in the top 10, was in the top 15. Mm-hmm. I can't remember if she was one On or your not, list. On my list, yes. Mm-hmm. She was definitely – this This is a favorite lip sync of my – now, it, the, the chin thing gets a little old by the end. And when she does it, the next time she lip syncs, like – you can see the problems, but j- watching it this first time, it was still fun. Um, I, that is one. It would take me home is one of my all time favorite share songs. So mm-hmm. it, it, it was, it was fun to watch her. Um, so those are the two things I liked. The thing I did not like was this is not a good snatch game with the exception of like really jinx and maybe one or two other people. None of them are very good. Mm hmm. So that's that. That's it. What about you? Well, I want to. I want to. I want to hop on you. We'll, we'll, we'll probably get to in the snatch game thing. I was yeah. I was surprised because this episode is sort of held up as or this snatch game is especially little Edie is held up as like oh my god, it's an iconic snatch game. But she's all right, you know. Like maybe I wonder what it was like. Could, could, maybe we should do a special show where we. Um, well, you know, and you know what's so funny is this is airing to the public at large in the summer of 2020, so maybe this is a reality. Everyone listening should know we're recording this in November of 2019. There's a show idea I have that maybe might be a summer show where Lori and I, uh, you know, because Lori is uh, one of the most legendary and iconic um, sketch and improv comics in the Los <laughs> Angeles area, you know, as we all know. It's been established. You couldn't even say that with a straight face. <laughs> and um, so I was like, we should take drag queens, you know, and teach them how to be good at the snatch game, prep them for a snatch game. And the final, the finale of the season will be a snatch game. So each episode will be one drag queen that we coach on their snatch game characters. And then the end of the season, there that's is, a great idea. There's a snatch game, so okay. and um, so that might be you guys might be in the middle of that right now. I don't know. So um, anyway, uh, but this is one that's held up. Remember, they even brought Jinx in to coach the other contestants. That's true. That you is know? very true. And um, and by the way, it's fine. Don't get me wrong. Little Edie is fine, but um. I thought it was going to be iconic, like, laugh a minute, you know? And it's fine. So maybe it's just that it rose to the top of a lot of mediocrity. But because it was so much... Well, okay. Well, we can talk a little bit about yeah. why maybe it's held in such high regard. There's there's a moment in it that I think speaks to where you were seeing a star in the making with Jinx. Yeah. So uh, what, okay. what else do you like and not like? Okay, two things I liked about the episode. You know, I forgot to write these notes down, so I'm taking it off the top of my head. Um, you know, I do, I am a sucker, you know, and we talked about this on the, on, uh, again, uh, I'm sorry you guys are hearing it late, but on Drag Race UK, you and I just talked about it, but, you know, I'm a sucker for people who get slept on, and their talents get slept on, you know? Mm-hmm. And then they prove them wrong. I'm always a sucker for that. So um, it's probably why I did. You know, when I first saw Sister Act, I cried during that when the nuns sing well in the church. No. Yeah, here's an embarrassing story. So, okay, the movie or the play you just saw? Not the play, the movie. 
So I had to ask. Yeah, it's true. You know, the play I saw that nobody was singing well. So anyway, <laughs> that's why you were crying. Yeah, that's why I was crying. So uh, okay, so okay, so I just told you that, right? I, I cry. I don't really cry in sad movies. I cry in like how do I describe it? Hopeful. Moments that would make an audience applaud, like applause moments. I cry. Yeah. Okay. okay. That's why I think I cry during like when RuPaul comes out. Okay, on the finale. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, anyway, I cry for those kinds of things. So that's a that's a very like applause worthy set piece kind of thing in a movie. So I'm probably like when that movie comes out, I'm probably just turning eighteen. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so John Paul, my friend John Paul, and I decide we are going to um, audition. I guess is what you put it to be one of the um, tour gu- guides at Universal Studios. Okay. Which okay. at the time was actually kind of a prestigious job to have. I don't know if it is now, but at the time it was. And actually, a lot of people got their start in Hollywood being the tour guide. Okay? Okay. So, John Paul doesn't make the first cut, but I make the next round. Okay? And then the next round, they bring you in, and then they tell you, we're going to bring you in, and then we want you to explain to us your favorite moment in a movie. And of course, which is the worst position, I'm first. Right, and I've just seen Sister Act, and I go on there and tell about how I started crying during Sister Act, which is probably now in retrospect iconic, but at the time they were like, "What?" And I remember there was this good-looking blonde guy who went and did like a total act out of like an Indiana Jones scene, you know. <laughs> and I was like, "Oh, that's what I should have been doing," you know. Right. Um, but I just talked. I just told about how like I cried during Sister Act. Anyway, um, how did we get here? And that other person was Ryan Reynolds. <laughs> oh, <laughs> you know what? Maybe. You know what's so funny is there's a comedian who's kind of well-known named Joe Coy. And he's like one of the people that like young kids know because he's on like something or other, right? And mm-hmm. I have an old comedy tape where I guess I was just recording myself and I was like, oh, I got a big hand for Joe Coy. I'm like, oh, that's weird. He introduced me at some show. Anyway. So those are two things you liked. Yeah, those are two things I liked. <laughs> no, uh, I know what it was with the sister act is that people sleeping on someone's talent. Okay. Yeah. Second thing that I liked. Um, okay, well, whose talent were they sleeping on? Jinx's. Oh, okay. Remember, she's going right. to do a little Edie and they show her. But even though, notice that Alaska is very absent during that. I'm sure Alaska got it. So yeah. they're just showing the big dummies like Detox and Roxy and Lanasia Sparks. They don't get yeah. it, you know. And Alyssa and Coco, and okay, every basically everyone in that cast Everybody, is dumb yeah. except Alaska, you know. Yeah. And Jinx, and I oh yeah, because Ivy even makes fun of her. So yeah. be, because Alaska, oh, I, have a, a, I have a comment about that later when she says who she, who she's going to be. Yeah, I, I that that's a talking point. For yeah, us. yeah, yeah. So then there's that, and the other thing I liked was. I thought the Julie Browns were fun. Yeah. And I thought it was a clever casting choice to have the Julie Browns. Yeah. Okay. The never one... seen them together before and never seen them together since. <laughs> and they don't ever address each other. They don't. You're right. They never really talk to one another. No. The whole time. Yeah. And then the one thing I did not like. Um... Huh. The one thing I didn't like. What did you say? I don't remember. What did I say? <laughs> what did I say that fast? Um, 
I like that. Oh, that that snatch game wasn't very good. Oh, 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 oh. Um, oh, I know what it was. I'll say this. I've never been a fan of this detox chin wiggle. Don't like it. And it's really obnoxious. Okay. You know what? If she would have done it one time in the song, it's already too much in the one song she did. Yeah, but that's what by the end of it she was doing it. If I didn't I didn't remember her doing it as yeah. much. Maybe I'm just maybe I'm just taken away by the song how much I love the song. Yeah, the other thing too is and then we found out subse- subsequently is that she that's somebody else's that she I'm not saying she stole it cuz maybe she had permission, but like that's she didn't invent that. So I she know. makes it seem like she's like I have a unique way of I'm like not unique cuz someone else did it first. <laughs> anyway, party. Um <laughs> All right, after the double elimination, Roxy has a fire under her ass. Jinx is not shocked to see Roxy in the bottom. Jade throws some shade at Alyssa, and the girls go back and forth in the workroom. Uh, Taylor, briefly, there's really not that. I mean, the Jade and Alyssa thinks it sets up for later, but was there anything big here you want to talk about? Any points? Uh, no. Are we going to talk about Untucked? Yes. Okay, then I will save my thoughts, because I, I have a talking point, a discussion point, yeah. that I will save for later on. Yeah. All right. Very good. The next day, RuPaul entered the workroom to announce this week's mini challenge. For today's mini challenge, we're ripping a page from Us Weekly to find out who wore it best. And we're going to do it drag race style. Now, you'll have just 30 minutes to turn these cuddlers into something red carpet worthy. Did you know what a cuddler was, by the way? I don't think that's the actual name for them because they usually aren't they called slankets? Or um, what's the other one that they're called other than ugly? Um, I have a name that I, I wanted to make do my own brand of them. So hold on for a second. I want to hear it. It was the Snuggie. Snuggie. Yes. Yeah. Here's, let me tell you something. I had this brilliant idea. Do you know what? A, have you ever seen a Mexican blanket? The actual technical name is San Marcos blanket. The one with all the colors, the stripes of colors in it. No, 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 no. You're talking. I know you're talking. About. No, 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 no. There are these like super, super, super thick and like. Um, Anyone from Southern California knows what we're talking about, but um, they're super, super thick, and they are like really, really, really soft. Okay, mm-hmm. they used I, I, look. I think what so here again history with Joe. Their technical name is San Marcos blanket. Okay, they okay. a company called San Marcos. They made these blankets. Okay, and what's funny is they were really popular in Mexico, and then the Korean company started like to rip them off and make cheapy versions. Mm-hmm. And put San Marcos blank San Marcos out of business. So now to actual get an actual San Marcos, I knew State of Brie in the chat room is right. I knew she would, and um, she's from Southern California. Um, and to an actual San Marcos oh. blanket is very expensive. Okay, mm-hmm. but every Mexican family has at least one in their house. I have two on my bed. Okay, um, the uh, the Virgin Mary on them. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, mine has like a lion, and the other one has like a something. Like that. So I want to kind of bring back the San Marcos blanket, right? But then I wanted uh-huh. to make my own. No one steal this, by the way. There's a record uh, I was of this. Say, why are you talking? You've you got like a six, seven month head start. Yeah. Not only that, it's on a record that I made this up. Copyright Joe Batanz, trademark Joe Batanz, all legal rights reserved. All right. November 2019. November 2019. I want to make a Snuggie out of those San Marcos blankets. Okay. I think that's a great idea. And I want to call them, get this, Snormidos. Okay. Well, Dormido means asleep in Spanish. 
So we're going to call it Snormidos. Oh, okay. Don't tell anybody. I, I I'm bet white. You. I okay. <laughs> get, get, get Babalu in the room. Get Babalu in the room. I'm not getting Babalu in the room. Babalu! Babalu! <laughs> Babalu! <laughs> I don't know what state of... Hold on a minute. Yeah, find Hold out on. what he's at. Well, you guys... Okay, I'll, I'll cut this out in the show. 28, 28. Hello. Hey, Babalu, you're on the air. Hey. So I was telling Taylor about... My idea, my brilliant idea that, um, have you ever seen these Mexican blankets? They're called San Marcos blankets. They're like super thick and they're like really soft. Maybe not. They're more like yeah. Southwest. But you have seen them? Okay. I was saying, and the, the, the thing I, the reason I have you here is I said I want to make Snuggies out of those things, right? But I told him the name and he was like, Mwah. right? I want to call them. So let's just imagine like a, a Latin themed Snuggie. And I said, I want to call them Snormidos. And is that a fake laugh? No, that's not a fake laugh. Oh, okay. Thank you. That that was it. Because he was like, oh, I don't know, I don't know what that is. I said, I told him he still was like, I'm going to get Babalu on here. He'll know what to say. Thank yeah. you. Thank you. And I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you one for 10% off. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thank you, Babalu. Putting your husband back All on. All right. Sure. You're welcome. Bye. My husband, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, everyone was really excited. Yeah. Uh, okay. Um, <coughs> sorry. What the fuck just happened there? I just got a cough. Hold on. What is um, going on? Guys, there's a lot going on right now. Okay, I'm back. Did you see the video of this little gay kid beating up the other kid? Yes. <laughs> what are your What are your thoughts on that? My thoughts on that, I have mixed thoughts. I on have that. mixed thoughts on it too. I have mixed okay, okay. Go, okay, go ahead. On the the one hand, good for him. Mm-hmm. On the other hand, I hate this whole culture of I hate I hate kids having cell phones at school and like videotaping everything. Yeah. And I it just sucks that this kid this kid just on the way box and everything. I have a feeling this kid fights his way through life and that makes me sad for him mm-hmm. i also find it funny that everybody was more than willing to watch this gay kid get the shit beat out of him and, until he started beating the shit and then they're all like you know jared jared calm down kind well, of the, well the, I, i've said this we don't I, what i said we don't know the teacher was in the room you know what i'm saying like the teacher might have walked in you know heard a commotion i, I was didn't like, even know that was it sounded like a kid no it's it an adult like another... it's an adult He's like, oh. hey, 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 what's going on here? And everyone's like coming down on the adult, like, well, why is he barely st- – I mean, maybe he was sitting there and just let it happen. But I'm saying like uh, – I'm saying, but maybe he just – the teacher wasn't in the room. Yeah. What's funny is I saw a thing from Vicky Vox, okay, and she was like t- – you know, she's addre- – in, in the tweet, she's addressing this kid. And she's like, I'm sorry you had to do – you know, I'm sorry you had to do this. I'm sorry you had to do that. I'm sorry you had to do this. And then she's like, I'm sorry – that there was no one there to stop it. And he, there's actually, I have a weird, once again, everyone apologizing. This story now is officially like eight months old when you hear it. But yeah, my whole thing is I'm kind of glad no one stopped it because here's why. Imagine if a teacher would have stopped it. Okay. That wouldn't have stopped this little kid from calling him faggot, you know, every day in the hallway. All this would have done was just postpone it. Now, Jordan Steffi just taught this kid a lesson. Oh, yeah. No, I get that because you will notice mm-hmm. once the kid, like, like the, the Jordan takes a swing mm-hmm. and the kid steps back and then pretty much steps into mm-hmm. the ass whooping. Yeah. 
that he deserves that yeah. as far as we know um and, and doesn't really yeah. fight back no. like doesn't really and you and i you kind of think to yourself at that point mm-hmm. he's not going to he he's not going to fight him anymore i just told a story about when i was a kid i was in elementary school mm-hmm. i told the story to a client uh this week we were i don't even know how we got talking about it but um this this kid kenny thistle mm-hmm. used to sit behind me on the bus and he got off at the same bus stop as I did. Mm-hmm. And he used to torment me all the time. He would torment me in the morning. He would torment me on the bus ride home. He would torment me, all these different things. So, and I had a day where I couldn't take it anymore. I might have been in middle school. Actually, I was in middle school because I was in sixth grade. He was in seventh grade. And I remember out of nowhere, I don't know where it came from, but I, I managed to, in the course of about three seconds, stood up, turned around, and punched him dead in the mouth. Mm-hmm. And then proceeded to turn back and, like, sit back down. And immediately, where, like, everybody on the bus went, Taylor just smacked, Taylor just punched Kenny, mm-hmm. you know. And it was, it was one of those where I had this immediate regret. Because I knew at some point I was mm-hmm. going to have to get off the bus. And he and I got off the bus. And he proceeded to beat the shit mm-hmm. out of me. When we got off the bus, he tried to bite my ear off. Oh my god! Like that. This kid was. This kid was an animal. That's really the only way to describe it. But I remember after that, he he left me alone for the rest of the school year. Now, what's funny is, because um, what I was going to say, what's kind of delicious is, like, this kid is very gay acting, right? Uh, and um, this kid who's teasing him also has his ass getting kicked all over the internet. So the other part that's sort of disturbing me is when I went to go see the original video on Jordan Steffi's uh, Twitter, is he does uh-huh. have a lot of tweets, and um, he's sort of relishing in the attention and, like, oh, all the followers he's getting, and he's like, follow me on Instagram, and I'm like, there's something kind of gross about that. Well, yeah, but that's... But you, you're also dealing with someone who was not expected. This is a, this is a moment that will at least temporarily change his life. Yeah. Um, and... When a kid's not, you know, that kid's just trying to survive, and now suddenly we're getting hit with, and I'm using this word very loosely, stardom, mm-hmm. is you know, 15 seconds of fame. Mm-hmm. He's, you know, especially when you've got somebody that has gone from this kid has probably been teased mm-hmm. and or beat up or made fun of through a good chunk of his academic career yeah. to suddenly have people and celebrities suddenly piling on positive attention. Mm-hmm. I, I I think any of us would be po- possibly seduced by that, even if just temporarily. Yeah. All right. Ready, set, style. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> detox was that Jordan getting ready to slap the shit out of the- ah! yeah. Detox Roxy and Alas- Alyssa were named the winners of the challenge and then RuPaul announced this week's Maxi Challenge. For this week's main challenge, we're going to play. Wait for it, wait for it. Snatch game. 
In the workroom, the girls were buzzing about asking each other which character they would be playing. When Jinx announces she's portraying little Edie, some of the girls don't know who she is and wonder if she's making the right choice. Later, Rocky throws shade in Spanish while talking to Lanesha. During the table visits with RuPaul, Ivy doesn't know how she's going to make Marilyn Monroe funny. Alaska learns she has to be funnier than Lady Bunny to pull it off. Coco better do a good Janet because she plays her six nights a week. Detox knows Kesha. Jinx relates to little Edie. And Lanesha confuses RuPaul with her depiction of Michelle Obama. After RuPaul left, Alyssa wonders whether she should still perform as Katy Perry, and Lanesha Sparks is now starting to rethink her Snatch Game character. Taylor, a lot going on here. Give me your thoughts. Well, okay. I think that, well, first, this is the first time we get water off a duck's back. Yeah. This is the, the first of many water off a duck's back. Yeah. Um, I, I thought the mini challenge was fun. I thought the mini challenge was silly. I like when they have to do something creative, mm-hmm. particularly creative to the act of to the art of drag. Yeah. You know, you've got you've got ones like this where they have to take a piece of, you know, felt, for lack of a better word, or a piece of fleece and make something out of it, compared to like the stupid ones where they had to decorate a pancake, which yeah. didn't make any sense. No, the horrible you know, so I think this one is something that they could actually use out in the real world. Mm-hmm. I, I guess my next thought would be the the whole thing about where nobody knows who Little Edie is, which mm-hmm. surprises me considering the ages of a lot of these queens. And some of these queens are in their 30s and, and that sort of thing. And I just – I knew what Grey Gardens was. Mm-hmm. And I think that when you start giving some of that information – like I hadn't seen Grey Gardens up until a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. But I was aware of the characters. I was aware of what's going on with that. Mm-hmm. Um I, I guess, you know, th- this is one of these where a queen is made fun of for doing a character that the younger generations wouldn't know, but then other queens in the afterwards have been praised for that. And two of which I wrote down were Al- Alaska as Mae West. Yeah. You know, there's a there's a lot of younger kids that wouldn't know who Mae West is. Mm-hmm. And I would even say Alyssa and All-Stars is Joan Crawford, or really as Faye Dunaway as Joan Crawford. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of kids have no and younger generation have no idea who who Joan Crawford is other than that. She's the woman with the wire hangers. And even then, I think that if you asked if you asked Aiden Mm -hmm. who Joan Crawford is, do you think he would be able to say who who she is? Without having watched Drag Race. I don't have my phone. I don't know. I don't know. That's a tough one. Yeah. But you know what's so funny? I was having a conversation with Afterthought Media personality Jimmy Anti, uh, talking about my this drag, uh, the Snatch Game idea, right? And he wants to be on it. And I was saying, actually, I go, if you really want to be a hit on Snatch Game, you got to think about making RuPaul laugh. And there's two yeah. things, and there's a combination. You know, it doesn't have to be this combination, but there's a, there's a f- surefire combination, which is you take an old timey character that she would associate, that she would find very funny. Right, yeah. like, and then have that character say absurd or over the top sexual things. Okay, yes, filthy. Just filthy, get as filthy, filthy as yeah, possible. Get as filthy as possible, um, or just absurd. And so, like, uh, you know, Ben did Paul Lynn. You mm-hmm. know, uh, you're right. Mae West, <laughs> just crazy ass dirty shit. Like that <laughs> Why don't sort you of come on up and fuck me in the ass sometime. Yeah. The thing it's hard to do with Alyssa because I think Alyssa what it felt like with Alyssa, which made it so brilliant, is it's so Alyssa, is 
because she was so bad in the snatch game this time she was freaked out you know yeah and uh so she has a friend coach her and the coach is like just do joan crawford and say these lines and so she's trying to work these lines in but they make no sense and you yeah. can tell she's just regurgitating something she memorized, but they make no sense. In the, and it's just, it's a combination of, you're right, it's Alyssa Edwards, who is a character, doing right. uh, Faye Dunaway, who is a character, character, doing Joan Crawford, who is a character. It's like, it's like more levels in Inception, right? Yeah. So that's one that's hard to emulate. But uh, yeah, it's, it, that's, but anyway, that's, we'll save this for the show. A snatch well, okay, but, with but, Joe and Lauren. But kind of adding on to what you're saying, I wrote down this quote where at one point when Rue is talking to Lanesha, she says, I'm going to stick with Michelle because I look just like Michelle. Mm-hmm. And that pretty much is a death note. Just because you look like somebody yeah. does it, as we have seen with different people who have looked like different characters. Yes, you look the part, but if you are not funny, it's all about improv. And it's not looks is almost the last thing that you need to focus on when doing when doing drag race or doing the snatch game it, it's almost like it's more about those improv skills and yeah. trying to get rude to laugh yeah no no 100 percent right look i don't get the impression that lanesha is the brightest bulb right she no did that it's thing clear at, she's not when, she, when she's doing Celia Cruz, she was doing that thing where she rocks her head back and forth yes like she had done as tyra but i don't know mm-hmm. why in her head that's funny i'm, I'm trying i'm even trying not even saying like oh it's not a funny joke I'm trying to understand what the joke is of that. Yeah, I don't get that either. Other than you're crazy and just rocking back and forth. There seems to be a, a thing with the Latin, the Latin X uh, drag queens who are legit from Puerto Rico and English as their second language, where mm-hmm. when they do snatch game, they go like outra- almost like a child, like like outrageous, like not in in no way, shape, or form based in reality. And mm-hmm. I don't understand why. Maybe it's the intimidation factor where they just feel like they have to be so big and so over the top. I don't but she know. wasn't she wasn't going to do that with Michelle, I don't think. With Michelle Obama, I mean. Yeah, I think you're right. I don't know. But maybe she was. We don't know. Yeah. We don't know. Uh, all right. During the snatch game, Jinx shines at Little Edie. Alaska cracks Rue up as Lady Bunny, and Roxy does an okay job as Tamar Braxton. Uh, Detox says Kesha grosses everyone out when she pretends to pee, and Coco's Janet Jackson is offended by Little Edie. Jade is forgettable as Taylor Swift, and Lanesha Sparks is confused and confusing as Celia Cruz. Azucar. <laughs> um. Okay, what are your thoughts on this? I mean, okay, I'm going to say a question that I know the answer to. Sure. But I also don't know the answer to. Mm -hmm. Explain to me the cultural significance Mm -hmm. of Tamar Braxton. Well, do you even watch the show? (laughs) Tamar, do you even watch the show? Yeah. (laughs) Um, That's one thing I I paused when I was reading it because I was like, I was going to make a comment there, which is, <clears throat> if you remember, one of the people gunning for Jinx is Roxy Andrews and talking about how like, no one knows who this character is. But people do people. I mean, I know people do know who Tamar Braxton is, but like, I think choosing Tamar Braxton, especially at this moment, is just as obscure as Little Edie. Am I wrong well, or am I right? No, I mean, it just, well, this is kind of really, I think, the first that we see <laughs> of reality show like people being reality show where YouTube celebrities mm-hmm. versus old time Hollywood stars or, or yeah. singers, that kind of stuff. Yeah. And it doesn't, 
age well. You know, yeah. I mean, some of the ca- even like some of like Kesha and stuff is sort of a little cringy now. Mm-hmm. But I, I just, I just kind of feel like I don't, I don't get what the importance of that is. Well, I, I, I just, I was not, I was not a fan necessarily of that. I know that she was on a reality show mm-hmm. where it was, it was all of like Tony Braxton's sisters or something yeah. like that. I know that she was, a, she's kind of a singer in her own right, mm-hmm. but I just. I remember not necessarily liking it then and this time, even like six years later, mm-hmm. I'm just, I remember just thinking like, why wouldn't you just do Tony Braxton? I don't understand what other, you know, because Tony Braxton is known for being hysterically funny. Yeah. I, I, I wasn't, I wasn't a fan of that. Um, yeah. For some reason, people really, I, I remember people thinking like, oh, Roxy kind of killed it as Tamar Braxton. I was like, but look, it was to me like she was prepared, but like, I don't think, I didn't think it was particularly funny. No, no, no. That um, could have been that name. Could have been any character. Yeah, that 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 performance. Yeah, it could have been any sassy black girl. She just named it Tamar Braxton. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, let's actually go down the list of people we don't really talk about. What were your thoughts on Jade Jolie as Taylor Swift? Oh, she was there. Yeah, it was. That, that was yeah. They didn't really show much of her. She didn't really do anything funny. What about this Lady Bunny? Laska as Lady Bunny. I thought she was pretty good. I thought that she, you can see, you can watch, especially from the first couple of episodes where Alaska seemed very dear in the headlights, mm-hmm. even though she wanted this so badly. She, you can see her starting to kind of get her footing mm-hmm. at this point. And I feel like this is a good example, a good example of that. All right. Very good. We also have, uh, you know, Detox as Kesha. Now this is, because again, Detox is one of these people in the workroom who's like, Telling Lanesha you got to make it funny. You got giving advice, blah blah blah. blah. And then, what was her plan for Kesha? Well, apparently, she was supposed to be drunk and drunk and or stoned, and then eventually pee on the floor in front of in front of the in front of the stands. So, I have seen an interview with Kesha where I guess she and Detox do know each other from way back, which is so funny because they said he you know he knew her a little bit, but it made it seem like what's funny is they made it seem on the show. I wonder if they edited it out. That they kind of ca- casually knew each other, where Kesha is like, no, we like basically grew up together. Like they knew they knew each other in high school in like in the Orlando area. Okay, and I did it. I, yeah, because it did seem like where she said, "Oh, so you know Kesha?" She goes, "Well, we've met a couple of times, and I've been in a few of her videos." But yeah, it wasn't. Yeah, it wasn't a whole like, "Oh, I went to school there," and maybe that was an example of underselling. Because maybe where Detox knew at some point that if she said this thing of like, yes, she's, she and I have been lifelong friends since childhood, mm-hmm. that was going to add more pressure that if she didn't really do what she said she was going to do, mm-hmm. that would make her look that much worse. So what I was going to say is, like I said, you should be trying to make RuPaul laugh more than anybody, but it seemed like Detox was doing this personally for Kesha. And yeah. didn't care about whether she made RuPaul or anybody else. This is supposed to make Kesha laugh. And there's some sort of weird inside Kesha jokes, you know, mm-hmm. that they have together. That I was just like, oh, I'm not getting it. Uh, Coco Montrese is Janet Jackson. She looked like her. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's not a lot there that ja- about Janet being funny. Mm-hmm. I mean, unless you make jokes, which I have a feeling that Coco wanted to, wants to pay, because she does her six nights a week. So I'm mm-hmm. sure that is sort of one of those, I want to pay homage to somebody because there's a chance that I might get mm-hmm. to meet them one day. If, yeah. I, if I'm performing as Janet Jackson, so while there are, you know, clear 
there is content for fodder there, whether it's plastic surgery or whether it's her brothers or whether it's, you know, anything like the weird little whisper voice. Yeah. But she just sort of, she seemed nervous. Yeah. She seemed, she seemed unsure of what to say. And it wasn't, you know, other than the fact that she looked like her, yeah. you know, even more so when she looked like her dressed like from the if video than the rhythm nation video. Mm-hmm. I, that was really all that she really kind of brought to the table. Yeah. Uh, all right. Next, we have Kate uh, Janet. I'm sorry, Alyssa Edwards as Katy Perry. Your thoughts there? Well, speaking of a deer in a headlights, yeah, she definitely. I mean, even the whole thing of have you kissed a girl, and then Rue asked her twice, yeah, and she it just went right over her head. That just kind of says that speaks to that that speaks to not do, not doing her best or not being in in the moment. She kind of looked like Cindy Brady in that episode of the Brady Bunch where she's on TV after she walks around saying that she's going to be the she she's going to be on TV and everybody watch her and how great she's going to be and then the red light turns on and she blanks when she's on the kids game show. That's sort of what Alyssa looked oh, like. No, I'm too young for that. Um, <laughs> then we have Ivy Winters as Marilyn Monroe. Your thoughts here? See this? See this you know, uh, Julie Brown talks about how you know this would be a hard one to do. I actually know she would have gone like Marilyn Monroe. Um. Uh. As dirty. And like there was a joke I remember that RuPaul was setting her up for, where she said like she says something. Well, I remember where I thinking that whatever the way Ru worded it, Ivy could have said no. I can but, tell you what it is because I can tell you what the joke would have been. Yeah, go ahead. Because Ru softballing it. Yeah, she goes, "You're into politics, yes. aren't you?" Yes. And and yes, and it's one of these where the, where the obvious jokes is, "Well, I don't know about that, but politics has certainly been in me." Yes. That that was where I went as far as that would be the joke that you would say. And this is why I think that this moment I have this written down is why I think Jinx picked up on won won the challenge because she picked up on that and she looked for a chance to grab mm-hmm. and to put the focus on her in a way that made sense yeah whereas you know which is very different from like an example of when trixie did all stars as rupaul and was just kind of throwing things out yeah to try to wedge in there this was a perfect example of jinx knowing her content knowing a good way to get into it and making it funny mm-hmm. which speaks to the genius of jinx monsoon yeah. mm-hmm. so yes i i i wrote I wrote that down on there. Yeah, and then uh, we have uh, Lanesha Sparks as Celia Cruz. Uh, your thoughts there, Taylor? <laughs> just it was just. I mean, she looks like she didn't really even have makeup on. I think she just figured with the glasses and the wig and kind of holding a microphone close to her mouth uh-huh. that would be that would be enough. But it was it was it was my husband was cringing he's a huge celia cruz fan oh he's cuban and yeah they all grew up listening to celia cruz and he just kept shaking his head like this is really not good i'm like yeah no no it's bad horrible and then finally tamar braxton tamar braxton uh your thoughts we kind of we covered that we covered that already all right that's very good all right it's elimination day and the girls are getting ready for the runway Jade and Alyssa have it out in the workroom, and we see Alyssa's back rolls. Jinx cries because the other girls come. To, other girls come down on her for being a comedy queen, and Alyssa and Coco fight. I think and swap some iconic lines, though it's unclear whether it was serious or in fun. This gets addressed in Untucked. 
Um, But I still don't know if I know the answer necessarily because I don't think they know the answer. Yeah, because it did it did strangely go from like kidding around to all of a sudden Coco's pissed. But then it's only she's pissed for that one second when she says, I'm not joking, bitch. And then it almost goes back to this weird jovial thing. It's really odd. Oh, I don't know about jovial. I, I, I think I think the comment. Of the the only reason I did it is because you couldn't do you couldn't hold up to your responsibilities. Mm-hmm. I have a feeling that was stinging that yeah. that was meant to that was meant to be a scorpion sting. Yeah, all right. Um, but I mean, yeah, uh, the the moment I really kind of want to talk about is the is Jinx um, sort of defending. I have a feeling like she has to defend herself um, about the comedy queen thing, yeah. and I feel like this is the moment that people started to fall in love with Jinx. And I think people started rooting for Jinx. You know, we talked about the fact that Jinx kind of speaks to the 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 kooky kids and the outcasts mm-hmm. and the kids that don't feel like they belong. Mm-hmm. And I think some of the things that she was saying were were speaking to various people with various levels of feeling the same way. Mm-hmm. And it seems like the moment, you know, where, where you see sometimes where sometimes these these scenes are manufactured, you know, when she was trying to hold back crying yeah, through all of it, I, it that felt that felt genuine to me. That felt mm-hmm. very real. And that mm-hmm. felt like where she is, you know, this is this isn't the first she didn't come in here thinking she was going to be amazing. And then she already was kind of second guessing herself. And when she makes the statement of. I've had to do this my entire career or I've had to defend myself. And just because I'm not the glamorous queen, mm-hmm. you know, I have to, I have to prove that what I'm doing is art. Mm-hmm. And I would, I would say that they definitely, like you were talking about sleeping on sleeping on talent. I mean, Jinx is one of the funniest. She is one of the quickest witted Queens of all of all of the winners, let alone of all of the of all of the queens that are out there, when you see her in other things, you know, even this cool mom thing that she does, there are things that she says that are very very funny on that. Mm-hmm. You know what's funny is during this segment when Alyssa is in confessional talking about uh, why Jinx can't be America's next drag superstar, she says something that's very interesting. I wonder if you wrote it down because you're Mister Write Things Down. Where she says, America's next drought superstar is not going to get up there and do a comedy show. And I'm wondering if I remember that, but I didn't write it down. Yeah, if that's, you know, that's what a weird prediction at the next season and widely mm-hmm. considered the most popular winner of RuPaul's Drag Race is a stand-up comedian. Yeah. So... People always think Alyssa is... I actually think this episode showed, in many ways, the weaknesses of Alyssa Edwards. Oh, we are definitely going to talk about that when we get to Untapped. Yeah. Uh, and so, um, yeah, so, okay, that's the that's the elimination day. Uh, all right, Taylor, it is time for the looks. The looks. Now, you know, I have descriptions here written by... Uh, all right, uh, and so we have the descriptions here. Here we go. All right, first up, we have Rue in a stunning black and purple fully fringed gown. It's uh, a, a quite a technical feat, Taylor, to apply to fringe to get these engineered geometric patterns. The lines highlight her shape and keep her from being blocky with all the layers of fringe. Oddly, it's paired with a chunky neon green necklace, two-tone wig, and a headband to play up the late 80s feel. Now, this is the first one they ever wrote, Taylor. They've told me now. 
They're no longer going to put commentary in, but this was the first one they ever did. Okay. They didn't like the commentary. So I'm going to pretend the commentary is my own, though, because it makes me sound smart. Okay, there you go. You, so that's you, my you do what you got to do. What I love is that it makes me think I have an opinion. <laughs> and I, I'm, being, um, I'm being honest, like just like we did last time on um, another show. This was not my favorite uh, look of hers. I did like the big, chunky... Uh, Dark lights, I guess you'd call it, instead of highlights with the black streaks in her hair. I did, I did enjoy that. Uh-huh. But I feel like she's looked better this season and other seasons. All right, very good. Next up, we have Ivy Winter. She's wearing a clever metallic orange gown. The mermaid silhouette has a fun dorsal fin at the hip and sequin fish eye. Uh, so the whole gown is a goldfish. She paired it with a thirsty blonde wavy wig. I wrote all that myself, Taylor. Uh, <laughs> that's my real opinion. What? That is your real opinion, and it's so well thought Thank out. Thank you. Thank you, Taylor. What were your thoughts on Ivy Winters? Um, I love the color orange. Orange is one of my favorite colors, and I like the idea of this. I was not a fan of the eye. I get what she was trying to do between that and the fin, mm-hmm. um, but the eye just kind of looked like a cheap applique mm-hmm. that was put on there. So it was not It was not my favorite look. I have two looks that I absolutely love and two looks that I absolutely did not like. But nah, not my favorite. All right. Very good. You know what? Let's do that. What were the two looks? Name the person of the two looks you really loved. For people. Uh, de- detox. I oh, love okay. Detox look. The big you jellyfish mean, type look. No, it's so funny because Detox, I remember she was stomping down the runway <laughs> in a chic, voluminous two-tier bubble dress and iridescent sea foam and teal. She is serving legs, legs, legs. Her glossy platinum mermaid wig and cascading seashell necklace hint that she is high fashion jellyfish. What were you, uh, That was my opinion. Taylor, what was your opinion on Chinks on Monsoon? I loved the silhouette of this. I thought it was something that was very different. She has the legs to pull that off. So it yeah. didn't look like where she was. It didn't look like maternity wear. It didn't look. I don't quite get why, why Michelle was so against it. It was something. It felt like art. It didn't mm-hmm. feel. It felt like fashion. It didn't just yeah. feel like a gown. And that's what I really, really liked about it. And who was the other person that you really liked? The other person I really liked was Roxy. I oh, loved Roxy's the, oh, yeah. denim and sequin look. Wait, no. Let me think. Let me try to remember this one. Oh, that's right. She rocked the one runway in a studded denim blazer that t- was tailored t- to her like a second skin over a studded and stone bodysuit and fence net hose. The jacket, I remember, had a backslit that showed her ass, ass, ass. Her wig, wasn't it a frosted blonde architectural wonder? I believe it was. Tell me about why you liked it. Uh, I, I love the fact that it's so form-fitting mm-hmm. I, you know I, I, as much as the problems I have is Roxy I think yeah. Roxy is cute as a boy mm-hmm. particularly as a, a, and I think she's beautiful as a woman especially a juicy woman a thick woman um, I love that it looks very polished um, it, even though like even though it's got that denim which denim to me doesn't usually read really well there's something about it looks great I fucking love her hair with this mm-hmm. I, I just I love the whole look I think it's just a great the look is very unified to me, and it's it's my I it's my favorite look of the night between her and Detox. I like that one of the two more. Okay, now what I, let me ask you this question: What were the two that you didn't like? My two least favorite were Jade Jolie. Mm-hmm. Do you remember what Jade was wearing? Oh God, it was a hot hot mess. She's layered clean. I'm sorry, chain body jewelry. I don't know how to talk anymore. And 
and uh, harness garters over a black leotard. And luckily, but luckily, she has fur boots the same color as her two tone wig. Yeah, it's not a good yeah. look. It ju- it's just it speaks again to that whole you take off one thing before you leave the house, and yeah. she pretty much drop jump dropped a jewelry box on her head. It was just not. It's it looked messy. The wig, um. It was very shake and go. It looked very Halloween store to me. Um, and uh, her makeup was too severe as far as the mascara was too dark, whereas the lipstick I'm looking at it right now is way too light. There wasn't really anything that unified it. Uh, okay. And then what was the one more of the look that you didn't like? I did not like Alaska's look. Oh, interesting. Are you, oh, yeah, are you that's to right. Compile your thoughts to come yeah, up with I'm just trying to get my wearing. thoughts together. Um, look, she pulled together a quirky mermaid look with a deep green mermaid skirt and a baby pink bustier. The wig, a stargazer lily, and grandpa's trout accessories are right on brand for Alaska as she wiggled down the runway. Yeah, it just it felt very um, it, it felt like a precursor to Kelly Mantle next mm-hmm. season. Yeah. Um, where she looked like she was trying to do a little mermaid type thing. And mm-hmm. I, I, it, it just felt very boring to me. It was super, super boring. I didn't like the, the pink, the light pink up against the dark green. Mm-hmm. And I was, her makeup is very, very just base makeup mm-hmm. for her. That's not what I'm used to seeing when I, when I see her. All right, very good. Well, anyway, that is the looks. looks. All right, on the main stage, Alyssa has immunity, so she's backstage as safe. But RuPaul tells her that she owes Katy Perry an apology. Coco Montrese and J. Jolie are also safe and follow Alyssa backstage. During the judges' critiques, Ivy Winters, Lanisha Sparks, and Detox are clearly in the bottom, while Roxy Andrews, Alaska, and Jinx Monsoon are clearly in the top. After the judges deliberated, Jinx is named the winner of the challenge, while Detox and Lanisha Sparks are forced to go head-to-head in a lip-sync battle for their lives. The song. Do you know what the song was, Taylor? I believe it was Take Me Home by Cher. It sure was, and Lanisha Sparks poured her heart and soul into it, but she was no match for Detox's Chain Wiggle. Chain Wiggle. Chin Wiggle. Chain Wiggle. Mm Mm-hmm. After all was said and done, Detox was told, Shantae, you stay, while Lanisha was asked to sashay away. Now, Taylor Latte Boy, any final thoughts on the episode? You can include anything in Untucked. Well... Okay, so the first thing that comes to mind is the whole idea that Alyssa had to tweet to Katy Perry an apology. Yeah. My first thought when she said that was, fuck off. Yeah. And is that also something where she had to wait until the night the episode aired to issue the apology? Yeah, I didn't know. I didn't get that. You're right. Yeah, Uh uh-huh. That might be that might be worth one of the Nancy Drews looking up and seeing if one, yeah. if she ever actually did it, two, when she did it, three, if there was ever a response from the Perry camp. So if you go on the wiki, the wiki for um, RuPaul's Drag Race, you can find out what date it originally aired. But okay. then going back all the way on Twitter to that date, I don't think Twitter lets you go to a specific date, does it? Uh, I don't know. Well, we'll find out. But, you know, uh, the point, though, is, I mean, it's just, she's done it already a couple times in this season where Willem, the season before, has coined the coined the term Rupologize, and RuPaul yes. is like, bitch, consider it stolen, and steal it she did, because they've dropped it multiple times this season already. Yeah. Um, okay, so uh, any other thoughts on, right now we're still in the episode before we go to Untucked. Oh, yeah, no, I have, I have definite thoughts. Oh, yeah, um, okay. 
okay, so mm-hmm. I have uh, the whole thing with Jinx and you're not glamorous enough. It kind of speaks to the comedy. It speaks to the comedy thing earlier. Mm-hmm. And it, it it's kind of that where, you know, I love and hate Michelle Visage all at the same time. And mm-hmm. I think that this is where Michelle keeps doing the, you know, you don't fit into what I consider the box that I consider drag to be. So I am just going to keep yelling at you until you do what I want you to do. Yeah. You know, there, there's one thing of where, you know, look, your contouring is off. Mm-hmm. There's another thing of saying that you are not a, you are not a drag queen because you're not glamming it up, mm-hmm. which is what I took from it. And um, I just, I just really did not like that. Do you have any thoughts on that? You know what's so funny is, as everyone knows, I'm um, uh, recapping season seven concurrently with this season. Mm-hmm. Yes, and I don't know what the fuck happened in season seven, but she is so awful in season seven that I just not that this is a joy to see Michelle in, in season five, but I think it's just it's still so fresh to me how awful she is to the girls on season seven. It, it, but I agree with you. It's something I've been thinking about for a while because it even still comes up to this day. Even though it seems to happen around uh, when uh, DragCon starts to happen and she starts yeah. to work with the girls more and she starts to meet the fans where she's taking on this more maternal role. But up until then, she's a real fucking bitch. And it's just like, yeah. And it's the way it's like you have to do drag the way I think you should do drag. But it's also been a problem in Drag Race UK where it's just like, you know, it's so funny. I know you said you listened to our Hollow Eve interview. And one of the things that Hollow Eve said, Hollow Eve, by the way, is a contestant on Dragula Season 3. If you want to hear that interview, go to hellouglies.com. Uh, and um, yeah. is Hollow Eve makes this really good point, which is RuPaul's Drag Race has become a competition about how well you do drag race, RuPaul's Drag Race. And it's true. And it's and it's... It's it's making the show feel very dated. Now we're still seeing right here it's that peak group. I mean, this season you might consider peak RuPaul's Drag Race, right? But they're starting. I think Michelle's a big part of it of setting in stone what it is that she and RuPaul consider to be drag, and they're well, setting and that, that archetype. Be, I'm sorry. I no, go ahead. No, you. go ahead. And I'm wondering if that's why you're starting to see some of that old behavior come up on Drag Race UK because the UK queens are so different Mm -hmm. than American queens. And she's trying to kind of fit them in that American box because she's so used to that. Mm -hmm. You know, maybe that's why we're seeing a little bit of that. Um, In the chat room right now, I was going to make this point, but Luke Luke Stammen beat me to it. Oh, Luke Stammen, he just fucking just all over the place. What do you want? (laughs) He's saying that he feels like Michelle changed after All Stars 2 when a door quit. And I'm wondering if that's kind of where the chat, I was going to say that and then Luke beat me to it. Um, in the chat room, but I, I want to give him credit because mm. he wrote it down before I got a chance to say it. That that when she had to, when she really came face to face with one of these girls in a way that it affected her in a girl that she knew that she'd already worked with and she knew she'd have to continue working with mm-hmm. that was able to kind of come face to face with cameras on. Yeah. You know, we talked at length about that when All Stars 2 came out, but I'm wondering if that was in fact the turning point. Well, also, even if it was, it could have been also the perception from the fans, too, you know? Yeah. So that's a very interesting point. Very good point, Taylor. I'm not going to give Luke's. I refuse to. I'm taking Luke's name as credit back. 
I have one more thought about mm-hmm. the uh, lips about the episode before we get into Untucked. Sure, and that is that is this. Yeah. Do you think that between? Okay, we knew Lanesha was horrible. Yeah. But between <clears throat> Ivy and Detox, yeah, who was the worst of the two? In your mind. Detox. Okay. Because at least Ivy tried to tell jokes. She's just not a funny person. Okay. Okay. All right. Because I'm wondering if, much like we talked about with the infamous Nina Bonina versus Valentina, if she knew... Okay, I'm done with Lanesha, so I have to put a strong contestant up against her. Oh, 100%. Yeah, and she knew there was a chance with Ivy versus Lanesha that she wasn't she wasn't quite ready to um to 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 get the last drop of juice out of Ivy. So so you okay. Okay. I'm glad, I'm glad that I wasn't alone in thinking. Yeah, that. and I think and I think there are a lot of also other factors involved, not just that, but remember last week Roxy was in the bottom and uh or close to could have been in the bottom too i think they're trying to like stoke the relaska talks thing mm-hmm. um so all right uh any other thoughts on any other final thoughts on the episode tale of the latte boy well do you, you want to talk about untucked all right so untucked happens i didn't write any notes i didn't write a script about it but i will say that you know it's basically two parts it's uh it consists of um the main part that's worth talking about is Coco. Well, no, Coco's just sitting there. It's Alyssa versus J. Jolie. That's a, the bulk of the episode. There is a weird part where it's Detox telling Lanesha, like, that Detox is pissed because she might be in the bottom and Lanesha doesn't even want to be there, but that doesn't really go anywhere. Is there anything else? Let, let's talk about the other side first. The other girls. Was there anything really there that was worth talking about before we go to Coco? Detox Jada? versus Lanasia? No. Yeah. No, uh, if anything, I kind of was looking at the looking at the timer going, Oh my god, they like haven't gotten to the other girls yet. It's still just based on these three. Yeah, 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 yeah. They were trying to make something out of it, but there really wasn't. Okay, so let's talk about uh then Alyssa, Jade, and Coco. Go ahead. Well, okay. Alyssa it felt like watching it. I have I have two thoughts. It's it's an One, iconic it's an iconic untucked. Well, yes, because of you get you get getter jade, mm-hmm. you get um, back rolls, yeah. which I want to talk about a little bit later. Mm-hmm. Um, but you kind of get where this is really the first time that we really kind of see where Alyssa is always the biggest presence in the room, or at mm-hmm. least Alyssa. We talk about the delusion of Alyssa Edwards, mm-hmm. and we talk about that. Alu- Alyssa thinks that when she walks in the room, everybody goes nuts, and everybody thinks that you know, well, we have a major celebrity because we have Miss Miss United States or whatever it is that she That's exactly she won the title Miss United States, uh huh. Yeah, with the title. So, and I think that she thinks that she is loved and adored by everyone. Mm-hmm. And she's in a situation in which she is outnumbered mm-hmm. by the two people that she has had the most problems with in the series so far. And you can see at points her struggling to keep, keep, and I will say this for Coco Coco calls it every time. Yeah. Where anytime it looks like where they or the, the two of them can team up and kind of call her on her shit, she changes the narrative and she changes the subject and she mm-hmm. changes it to where they get talking about other things. In that regards, 
Coco is really good at that, but that is kind of, that is a very typical mean girl thing. Cause she kind of starts off very timid and then I guess doesn't like, because you know, Alyssa, com- it, Alyssa, starts, Alyssa off very- starts off kind of timid yeah. and then kind of doesn't like the competitive, you know, because she is so competitive, she maybe doesn't like that feeling. So she decides to start lashing out mm-hmm. and she starts, decides to start saying things that aren't necessarily true. And mm-hmm. it's very much a shock and awe of some of the things that she's saying. Yeah. And it's trying to distract it's 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 was a fa- I you know I don't normally like stuff like that but but watching the dynamics of all of them was fascinating mm-hmm. because you know Coco and to some degree Jade were able to call her yeah a call her on her shit. Do you have any thoughts? No, you're right. It was one thing is you know I've seen the episode many times, but when you actually watch it with a and an analytical eye. You start to pick up. I, I think it, it's always not gone over my head. It just went in one ear out the other. When I, so I never really picked up on it. But yeah, when when Coco starts to make salient points again, because so everyone should know the conversation starts out with Coco addressing the fight in the workroom earlier, where, and says like, and they have sort of a discussion where you know whether uh, Alyssa was joking or not joking. Did Alyssa take it too far? Blah 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 blah. In this in this argument in this discussion, and when Coco starts to sort of win the argument with salient points, and you're right, Coco calls it. She then shifts over to Jade and starts attacking Jade yeah. uh, because she's trying to change the narrative because she's wrong. And it's funny that when I watch, it, I'm like, oh, she did do that. It's really weird. And it's funny, Coco calls it in the moment, and Alyssa just sort of, like, stomps over that she just said that, and still goes after Jade. And Jade, like a dummy, takes the bait. Yeah. You know? Well, and that that speaks, I think that speaks to the uh, the the youth of Jade. You know, Jade, Jade, Jade doesn't know enough to, I shouldn't say, that's, that's not fair for me to say. Jade isn't, Jade isn't old enough at this point to necessarily know to the you know, to, 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 to grab the bait, to just kind of leave the bait there and go, all right, girl, Some, sometimes it, rather than say something, you can help, you can make somebody look a bigger fool by not saying anything at all. Yeah. I think in the beginning, Jay does try and get, take it back, but let's just won't let up. I think at the beginning, I think even the beginning of that conversation, I think Jade is like, okay, girl, but you didn't answer what Coco was saying. You yeah. know, but no, the, it, the, the, Jade and Coco make a really good team in this regard is because mm-hmm. they are not, you know, and you, you watch Alyssa kind of not panic, but she starts flailing at times. Well, I think Jade, you know, speaking of the of the of the video we saw of the gay kid. Jade, I think, has the confidence she usually wouldn't have because she does. It's only Coco and that Coco has her back. That Coco's on, she's Coco's gonna be Team Jade, and so it's basically you're. I think you and you address this. It's them against her, and so like now Alyssa is cornered, like yeah. Scar at the end of the Lion King, and the hyenas are like, we're hungry, you yeah. know, and so I don't know what the line is, and uh, <laughs> so okay, um, now the now the, this speaks to the uh, you know the infamous back rolls and wear something where your shoulders match those hips and that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Looking, you know, back rolls is a infamous line in the history of the show. If you ever went like top 10 quotes, back mm-hmm. rolls would probably be top three or four, mm-hmm. if not the most famous 
quote from the show. Mm-hmm. That's season five. Do you think that in a season 12, a young twink could get away with body shaming an older queen like that? And it have the same reception as it did back then. Um, no, because you would you would immediately go into, um, uh, don't joke about that. <laughs> you know, I think Sasha Velour sort of changed the sort of feel of the show for better or for worse in terms of like I don't know if you could be mean like that anymore. Yeah, because when you think about it. The queens now, when they read each other, I mean, there are the occasional, there's there's like the jokes during the reading challenge. Mm-hmm. But for the most part, like when they come at, they come for each other. I can't think of anything off the top of my head of where, you know, nobody ever, nobody ever went for Darian for being her size or nobody even like went after Latrice, mm-hmm. you know, when, when arguing with her or anything like that. It just seemed... They're seeing something that was very immature, but we also got this iconic line out of it. About back rolls, or don't joke about that. Back rolls. Oh, she did have back rolls, so so funny. Well, yeah, she did have back rolls, but that's also not necessarily something that I think would be if somebody commented on that in a current season that way. I think they would be raked over the coals. Especially a younger queen calling somebody out like that. Don't joke about that. Not today, Satan. Not today. Anything else, Taylor, about Untucked? No, that's that's pretty much it. Um, All right. Well, that's going to do it for this week's episode of RuPaul's Drag Race Recap. Be sure to join us next week and every week as we continue to discuss, dissect, and deconstruct each episode of RuPaul's Drag Race Season 5. So for that fat pig, Taylor Vellante boy, and <laughs> Sashay away until next week. Okay, before I do this outro, I still haven't recorded a new outro. Jeffrey Thunderbear, it's very important to him that he hear this, even though there were multiple calls for him to submit his name. He also contributed to this show. Thank you for listening to RuPaul's Drag Race Recap. Have something to say? Email us at dragracerecap at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at dragracerecap. Our Instagram account is managed by Stephen Starling. You can also follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash dragracerecap. If you want access to more Drag Race content and other Afterthought Media shows, support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash afterthoughtmedia. You can follow Taylor the Latte Boy on Twitter and Instagram at P-I-M-C Taylor. Follow Joe Batanz on Twitter and Instagram at Joe Batanz. That's J-O-E-B-E-T-A-N-C-E. I'm not joking, bitch! The theme song was written by Lucian Piani and arranged and performed by Alex Lefebvre. Back rolls. This podcast was made possible by the following exclusive tier Patreon supporters. Nicholas Springham, Katie Whitmire, 
April Pacheco, Dean UK, Melissa Payton, Nikki Baker, Devin McKay, The State of Bree, Robert NYC, Rachel J, AJ Norris, Richard C, Common Cool, Humble Pie, J Thomas Plank, Luke Stamen, Sir Matt Smith, Travis Potter, Jesse Harris, John J, Jimmy Kilbasa, Pedro SF, Ginger Biscuit, Jesse Lozano, Parker Elliott, Lauren Eckert, Jordan Darling, Haley Slans and her mom, Sandy Romero's Ruiz, and Eve A. Adams. RuPaul's Drag Race Recap is an Afterthought Media podcast.